Hello, welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network for a new, we are calling it Old Man Game, a new, the third episode of the Old Man Game Podcast with George Niang. Of course, I'm Chris Williams, and uh, coming up in today's podcast, we'll do some NBA draft, Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, we're going to talk about George in the offseason. The Utah Jazz made a big trade today that could impact George in his future. We'll hash through that. Um, one of my favorite Niang stories, he tells us about that classic game when they played at BYU <laughs> during his time at Iowa State. You want to stay tuned for that today on the Old Man Game podcast. want to let you guys know about a new t-shirt we have at the Cyclone Fanatic store. You can go to teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic for, get this, we have a 4th of July shirt. That's right. Beer. Fireworks. America. It's got that sweet baby blue. It's awesome. You guys check it out. Uh, Teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. You can get those orders in by the 25th and you can have that for the 4th of July. It's limited edition. So once this is done, we're going to close it down and um, you can represent your favorite website while supporting the flag coming up for your Independence Day. Also, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, as always, Carl Chevrolet. Go check them out at The Rock in Ankeny. A lot of great sales going on right now, carlchevrolet.com. Or maybe you're one of our uh, Western Iowa folks. Maybe it's closer for you to venture on over on I-80. Check out Carl Chevrolet Stewart. You can do that as well. And always, last but certainly not least, if you like the free content we give you here at CycloneFanatic.com, you can become a patron. Click on our Become a Patron link at the side of the homepage, right side of the homepage. And we use that money uh, not to go on vacations, nothing extravagant like that. Right now we're building a new app for you guys. Uh, we're going to buy a new camera that will um, give us the ability to take more photos for our social media sites. And we're going to um, also, we're going to be bringing streaming video to our podcast coming up in the fall. So you can watch the Cyclone Fanatic podcast on Twitter, Facebook, wherever we're able to get them up. So we're, we're buying equipment for all that to enhance our product for you. Uh, you can become a patron. You know, it goes to pay our server, all that good stuff. So uh, become a patron of Cyclone Fanatic. We would very much appreciate that. All right. Uh, episode three, uh, myself. George Niang right now on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. All right, welcome to episode three of I Like Old Man Game. We had the graphic up. Johnny Illustrated hooked us up with that on Twitter. Niang, are you okay with calling the podcast Old Man Game at this point? You, you know what? Since uh, You don't get a lot of say in your home life, and I know your wife really is, you know, Make some decisions. I'll, you know, I'll take a step back and and let you have this one. I'm all, I'm all in on old man game, so we can we can roll with that. Here's the deal: you're you're running smack at me right now, but you haven't given a better idea. Like, if this is what I always tell my wife, like, if you don't like something I do, that's that's fine. Like, I'm totally open for opinion, but you've got to bring like other ideas to the table. Well, listen, I'm I haven't been married, so I don't know how these arguments go. So I'm just gonna take a step back and let you do what you do. <laughs> What do you do when you get in an f- argument with Naz? I mean, it's got to be similar. Uh, you know, we usually end up putting each other in headlocks, <laughs> wrestling, 
you know, you know how men do it, men. So we we have a lot to catch up on. We haven't been we haven't done this in a few weeks. You had um, you had a a, a broadcast camp is what you referred to it to me. And then I've had, I've had some stuff that I've had to be away for. Um, the the funny part about this is I'm actually in Des Moines and you are in Ames, but we were so both so busy we couldn't even find the time to get together today. But that's okay. Uh, why why are you in Ames? What's going on? What's going on right now? I think Naz is there. Uh, I know Monte was there like last week. What are you guys just all getting together or what? No, I, you know I just think it, it's a it's a place we all call home. It's a a great place to be. You know when you want to kind of get back to the grind and refocus and. Um, I, I think it's just a great place where, you know, we have 24-hour access to a gym and weight room and people that can continuously help us. And I just think it's a, a good way to just recharge and, and get back. I know people would be like, well, what's there to recharge around Iowa? But you don't know unless you ever put on the Cyclone uniform. So those people that are judging out there, keep it moving. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, though. Like, I, I almost feel that way when I go back to Southwest Iowa. Just like there's a certain like level of peace if you think a place is home, and Ames is your basketball home. You're not necessarily from there originally, but when it comes to basketball, your most influential years with the game were were there. And I, I could see how it's kind of tranquil place for you to go in the off season. Yeah, no, just to get my mind right, get in a happy place, feel good, have the gym. You know, it's the summertime, so Ames is moving uh, a little slower than it would be in the fall or winter. So it's just good to just recharge, get out here and just see people that I haven't seen in a while and, and really get things rolling. Draft is um, coming up this week, tomorrow night. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, but the draft is on Thursday. I did see, and I don't know how much you can get into it, but I, I figure we, we may as well ask about it. The the Jazz made a big trade today. You are not a part of it, but um, uh, a pretty – Substantial trade, I thought, in the in leading up to draft day. Uh, what what can you say about that, George? And I, I don't really know. Does it? Imp- I don't think it really impacts you at all. But what were your what were your thoughts? Oh, I mean, anytime you know multiple guys are traded, you know it impacts you. You know, um, obviously, Jay Crowder, Kyle Korver, and Grayson Allen were great friends of mine, and I love the relationship that we have and that we'll continue to have. And you, it's you know, I was telling someone today, it's like. It's almost like you, you go to work every day like, yeah, I play basketball. It's all fun and games. And then something like this happens and you're like, oh, shoot, like this is for real, you know? Yeah. Like what people don't understand is like these guys have to move their livelihood from Utah to Memphis or from Memphis to Utah. And I know like people only see them switching jerseys, but that's like clothes being packed, furniture being moved, cars being shipped. Like, and you got to understand the time and effort that's put into that. And they're like, oh, well, they're millionaires. They have nothing to complain about. But these people are real people with real emotions that had real relationships that are going to have to be put on hold or changed because of the business that they play in. So, uh, yeah, obviously, um, there were rumors that we were looking to get Mike Conley before. And, um, so obviously he was a top priority for us and we got him and, uh, they probably want to continue. We probably want to continue building going forward and uh, gaining talent. And I'm I'm excited about it. I'm obviously, obviously you get excited when you have an all-star caliber uh, point guard coming in for sure. I'm just glad to miss the guys that we had, but yeah, it's um, it's, it's good having an all-star caliber point guard coming you, in. You can't get traded, dude. I can't afford to keep buying new teams jerseys for the wall. 
<laughs> Spend that money, brother, because you know where it circles back to. Well, you get so. Do you get like? Is there a stipend you get like for every Niang jersey that's sold? Is that how that works? Um, there's a little deal that they have worked out. Yeah, so I figured there was. On, you should get some. If you if you want to continue to push people to buy it, then I'm not opposed. <laughs> Good. Well, you should. I mean, so there was an interesting piece. I wasn't going to ask. I, I hadn't even thought about this, but this is a good thing to ask you. I was reading. It was a – I wish I could credit the author. I don't remember who it was on ESPN.com yesterday. And he, this guy was proposing that the NBA not even have a draft, that these guys be able to, like, just sign out of college with whoever gives them the best deal and whatnot. And it it is, it is interesting because if you're, a, if you're an engineering major and you got a 4.0 – and you can go and pick like the best spot for you and your family, um, but with like a professional athlete, it's uh, you if you go where they tell you to, right? And you don't really have any say over that until free agency. But then you know, George, I could make the other side of this argument that that says, well, the reason professional athletes are able to make the type of money that they do is because of the way that the league is set up, and you. Um, that a, a franchise like Minnesota needs to have a chance to be able to win and, and not just everybody going to Los Angeles and Phoenix, you know, places in, around the country where people want to live. But it, it kind of came back to where you were saying, like, these guys are people, they have real lives, they have decisions to make that necessarily fans don't always pick up on because we we are, and I'll, I'll say me as a fan, we're so – enamored by the jersey, right? Like, we're, we've been a Bulls fan our whole life or a Lakers fan our whole life. I think it's an interesting um, conversation to have. What, what do you think about that just off of what I told you? Oh, man. I think the whole uh, the no draft is idiotic. I mean, so you mean to tell me you're going to give an 18, in between the, in between the age of 18 and 22, you're going to give that kid the opportunity to pick where he wants to go. One, has never really lived like a a real life, right? Without being with like college, everything is planned for you. You know, you get to pick where you go to college. I, I understand that. But, um, so this 18 year old kid who's never had significant amount of money to himself and is about to make that. And I hope people know when you get drafted at a certain number, you're slotted a certain salary, right? So I think it's important for these guys to go through a couple of years in the NBA to see what cities they like see what they like about different things rather than having the opportunity to just pick where they're going to go and kind of figure it all out from there. That, that doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. And it would be unfair, like you said, to the Minnesotas or the small market teams. So they're just going to shell out more money than a big market team because they have to, to a young kid that, you know, may pan out or may not like do people understand that there's been bust in the draft. So oh, they're yeah. going to give what? Twenty million to a kid that doesn't end up being that good, then that that kind of screws your whole franchise. You have to stick with the draft because you you got to give everybody an equal playing field. And if you don't, some team is going to be so far in the hole that it's going to be tough to ever recover from. And some team is going to be so high on a pedestal it's going to be hard to catch them. I just feel like this is why the NFL is so popular because every year. Like you, in theory, you could go one and fifteen, and then flip it around and make the playoffs the next year in the NFL. The way that that league is set up, and it's totally different sports. I I understand that argument. Chris, but I, I I try to make a case for uh, the Browns right now. I could, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't necessarily think that, but would it shock anybody if they if they win a playoff game next year? 
I don't know. I'm really excited for the Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean though. Like in the NBA, uh, who's the worst team in the league this year? Um, Orlando, like a team like that. Like let's say like. Whoa! Oh, come on, Chris. Watch TV. Orlando made the playoffs. Oh yeah, they did. They were the eight seed. Okay, who is the worst team in no, the? No, they were the seven seed. They were the seven seed. Come on. Uh, you know what? Oh, they beat Toronto in the first game. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, they did. I'm used to them sucking. Uh, um, who's the worst team in the NBA this year? Uh, who had the worst record? I have no idea. See, okay, I and you're, you're say... killing me for it. But but that's my oh, okay, point, George. Okay. Maybe, we are proving maybe... my point. We don't watch those bad teams because we know they can't do anything in your league. But you were, but, but you were talking about a playoff team. I wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> Come on. That's, but they're in the East. Come on. You know the difference. Like. If you're the seventh oh, seed in the East, are you really a playoff team? It's like if a if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it really make a noise? Wow! <laughs> oh man, you are you are ready to be on one today. Let's huh? go, let's go, bro. I'm ready for this. Um, oh point my being, God. It's, it was the Knicks. It was the Knicks and the Phoenix okay. Suns. Knicks. The Knicks had the worst record. Phoenix had the, the second. The Knicks record. are a bad example too because they could get free agents and stuff, and they may not. My point is, without like the super team free agent deal, it's really difficult. It seems like in the NBA to just flip it, right? Where in the NFL, I just feel like the difference between the the first team and the last place team there the there's much less of a difference. And I think that every fan base around the country feels relevant every year because of that. And I I, I think you're right on this draft thing. I mean, to me, like we've come so far with like player power. You guys you guys have a ton of control now compared to the guys like in the Jordan era, like they just would stay with one team for the majority of their career where we see movement all the time now. And I don't know, like I just, I think that everybody would hurt in the pocketbook if we did away with the NBA draft, because I just can't see the sport being as relevant nationally as it is right now. Yeah. Let's, let's keep it real. Like the people that are paying for us, you know, the owners of these teams are, are real. Like, people you know they're putting substantial amount of money into this so for them to give money to young kids that aren't proven that haven't done it at this level i mean that just that's not a smart investment you know so that just doesn't make any sense so back to your point about teams being able to turn it around um i don't know uh the the philadelphia 76ers were pretty bad the milwaukee bucks were pretty bad you know and like, it, it just took them a while, is my point. Like, yeah, I mean you're right. In football, it, it can it can take one year, and basketball is uh, you, you need a, a lot of of talent to really make those big jumps. But um, you know, maybe maybe you do have a point there. I was just thinking there are some teams that yeah. you know can turn around, and there are, there are some teams that have a lot of talent that can quickly fall. I think the biggest thing in professional sports is you have to realize is that. When money's involved, you know, it's dangerous because you you still can – guys can have the mentality where it's like, oh, we lost, shoot, but I have this amount of money and I can still do this. But the teams that are successful are the teams that, you know, are together and have that one common goal of winning and, and love to struggle together because they know through the struggle there's, you know, triumph. And uh, when you have teams like that, they may not be as talented as the – as the best team, but those are the teams that you want to be a part of. Yeah, I think we just saw that too with Toronto, right? Yeah, I mean that that was very impressive. 
granted, you feel terrible for the Warriors. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, it, it makes me think because everybody's like, I hate the Warriors. I hate the Warriors. And you're like, why do you hate the Warriors? And then they're like, oh, well, now I feel bad for them. And it, people hated them because they were winning all this time. And now they they had to have half their roster taken out for another team to beat them. And now people are like, oh, now I feel bad. It's like, yeah. I'd rather just cheer. You might as well just cheer for the opposite team and don't wish bad on the other team, you know? I uh, This is how I described it on my radio show during that series is it was like, have you ever seen Rocky four? Um, I've seen one of the Rockies. I don't know if it was one, two, three, or four. Have you seen the one where he goes to Russia and he fights that big Russian dude? It's the best one. Oh, well, I got to tune in then. Okay. It's by far the best one. So Rocky's there in Moscow facing Ivan Drago and they start the fight and like the whole crowd is rooting against Rocky because he's the right. you know he's the American guy they don't know anything about him, but then like as the fight goes on they see this little guy just keep you know he keeps taking these haymakers from this steroid induced Russian, and Rocky just refuses to go down, and they just like keep growing respect for him and by the end of the the bout they're they're cheering for him not necessarily right. rooting for him but they respect the hell out of him, that's how yeah. I felt with the Warriors. In that in that series, because like I'm not a huge Warriors fan, I don't I don't dislike them. I I, I don't really have a problem. With, I just I really love the NBA, and I thought it would be good to have to break things up a little bit to shake it up. So I was I was pulling for I, I'm a big Kawhi guy too. I've just really grown to love him over these these playoffs. I have a lot of respect for him, and I I know Nick Nurse a little bit from his time in Iowa. So that that was a cool storyline. But like at the end of that, it's just like you just gotta like take a deep breath. Like, how do you not respect the hell out of Clay? Steph Curry, and even Draymond. Like, Draymond's a guy who, George, three years ago, I hated that guy as a fan. I couldn't stand him. And now I, I like I like him. Like, I want, I want my team to have Draymond. Right. Yeah. No, that, uh, that makes complete sense. Draymond is uh, – he's a heck of a player. But, I mean, why, why – why, like, what made you not like him, I guess? That, that's my bigger question. Uh, he, he, he comes off – is a whiner. I mean, the 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 constant hitting dudes in the nuts back in the day. Oh, that was one time. Oh, Let come on! He was doing what? that like multiple times a game, dude. Oh, you know what? You're just soaking up all this nonsense on the internet. Oh. He's a fierce competitor. Stuff happens. You want a guy like that? I understand you're a fan of him now, but like, would you rather have Draymond Green or? You know, this is crazy to say because they both, one scores a lot of points and the other one doesn't. But James Harden, where every time he gets touchy, flops. Like, which one do you want for your team? You know, like people get upset about people. People get upset about these different things, but like, do you want someone that's going to be tough as nails and fight through anything and fight back, or someone that you know what I mean? Gets every call because they, you know. This is great. This is the difference. You're coming at this totally from a player's perspective. Like, you want that guy in your locker room. I'm a fan, and I'm not a fan of the Warriors. So when I watch that guy, like, he's going to irk me the wrong way. It's a lot of – you did this to people all the time. Like, you – you know, like, I feel like you were a lot like Draymond Green when you were in college, where (laughs) Iowa State fans loved you. They will take bullets for you for the rest of your life. You'll never have to buy a drink at Ames. But, like, if you walked into Lawrence, a lot of those people are not going to be George Yang fans. You know what I mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got a standing ovation on senior night at Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. 
You did. Don't don't put some respect on my name. No, but I. You get I what I'm saying, though. You guys are both I, highly emotional players. Where if you're with a, a team, they are going to absolutely love you. But you can rub the opposition the wrong way. Yeah, speaking about hitting someone in the nuts, I remember I had a stint of that at West Virginia. Not too proud. Yeah, you did do that. Was that intentional? Um. Will I still get in trouble for that? Can I get a technical? Thought? No, you're you. You uh, cannot. I'm kidding. I mean, obviously, obviously, I I went to. It was gamesmanship. Yeah, brushed by. I was frustrated. You know, <laughs> playing West playing West Virginia um, is frustrating to say the least. The style of play. But um, was that the same? Three, was that the same game that fell up? And he was just aggravated me. Oh yeah, was that the same game that Dustin Hogue like karate kicked that guy? Dude, come, can we play that back? How awesome was that? <laughs> Literally, he gets so high. I've never seen him do it before, and Dustin will never admit that he did it on purpose. But that karate kick went straight to the chest. And if we weren't losing by so much, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> and then the other one that comes to my mind from that era was DeAndre Kane, like, ripping that guy's eyeball out at BYU. Yeah. I don't think he meant to do that. I that I'm pretty sure that was not intentional, but it was very gruesome. And that was a game that Edgem like flipped off the crowd or whatever, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Funny funny story about um uh, about that. So we travel out to BYU, we charter there, it's a three hour flight, get off, and obviously none of us have seen the mountains that are really in Utah, you know, never have been there before. Just have heard about BYU and you know, the culture and everything like that. Get off the plane, and it's DeAndre Kane and Dustin Hogue, and DeAndre Kane gets off the plane, and he's like, dang, man, look at these mountains. <laughs> and uh, the, the lady, the bus driver, was sitting outside, like, made, like, a face, and um, made a face and was, like, having, like, a big fuss, and I looked back, and Dustin was like, these are some big ass mountains, and she was like, "Hey, don't you talk about our mountains like that?" <laughs> so uh, I just thought that was so funny. And uh, so the next day, we go to the gym and we're getting ready to get ready for the game, and we're riding down the elevator with the cheerleaders. And I'm like, "Oh no! Like one of these guys is going to say something bad." And they're like, "Hey guys!" Like the cheerleaders, like, "Hey guys!" Like we we hope you guys have a great game. Like good luck and being like extra nice. You know, there's like nice and yeah. there's over the top nice. It's BYU like, nice. I get it. Yeah, I'm like, what are we getting into? These guys, do they do they know they're going to come in and, like, kick our ass or something? Like, this is, like, too nice to be acting. And then you get in there, and that place, their first off, their intro had, like, uh, sheets coming down from the uh, Jumbotron. It was like Cirque du Soleil. And then it was so loud. And I don't know if you guys remember, we were down 20. Yeah, I remember. pulled it. it off. And I was like, I didn't know if I was going to make it out alive. Like, it was, it was crazy. I just thought that was a funny story to add. What is it about that Utah? Because you're you're familiar with the Utah folks now, like yeah. it. You, I hear that all the time. Like it, um, a buddy of mine, um, Luke Wells, he's now one of the offensive coordinators at Texas Tech. His brother is the head coach. They were at Utah State for a few years after he left Iowa State, and I I talk to him all the time still. And he he would tell me about how great people from Utah are, and that they're the nicest people in the world. But their crowds have a reputation for just being absolutely. Nasty. What's the? Uh, what, what, how, how does that work? Like, do they just do the lights uh, go on and these people just these they just turn into maniacs? Like, how how does it work? You know what? I don't really have a direct answer for you on that. I just think they're so passionate about the only. I mean, 
they don't have many professional teams, you know, so they're just so passionate about it and kind of lose control. And I don't want to say they're all crazy, but, uh, you know, there's some bad apples, but I think the passion that they have generally comes from a good place. And um, I, I really don't have a comment on it because I really think it's, it's comical and it's funny how passionate they are because I've, I've been passionate about teams, but I won't ever, you know, go over the top. You know, maybe it's because um, I, I play for a team or uh, I have a college team that I really root for. But uh, some of these people, they do go above and beyond where it's like emotionally draining for them to, to root for these teams. But I do appreciate and love the passion, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I do as well. That that BYU game is one of my favorites from your guys' college era. So uh, NBA draft coming up. How much attention to like current players pay attention to this? Like, were, were you and uh, Nasby sitting around watching, or do you guys just go about your business? No, I think it's I think it's another day. Obviously, you have alerts on your phone for trades that are going to go down. But you know, uh, shoot, I might turn on the old uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Jeff Woody running it in from two yards out, get get my juices flowing, get excited about that. No, I mean, I've, who knows? Who knows what I'll be doing? But, uh, I mean, you watch it. Some guys watch it. Sometimes you don't. There's stuff going on. It's not something where it's like the NBA Finals where you're sitting down and watching it. The draft is pretty likely. Do you watch it and, like, hope that they don't take anybody at your position? No, you should you can only control what you can control. So if they take someone at your position, you better go in there and prove to them that you're the better person at that position. I think that's all that matters. Yeah. All right. Uh, last draft question, Horton Tucker. What are you, what are you hearing on him? Not that you... I'm hearing between like 25 and 45. So, well, man, we'll that's hope... a big difference. Yeah. That's like the difference in age between two people. <laughs> and a lot of money too. Yes, that is true. Um, yeah, I have no, I have no idea. Uh, Taylor measured at six four at the combine. I think most people thought he was a four. Uh, I don't know if he has guard skills. Uh, the kid's a super talent. He's eighteen years old. He has a lot to offer. Um, I think he'll be okay for sure, but. At the end of the day, you don't want to make draft night your uh, the highlight of your career, and uh, that's you just whatever happens. Draft night happens, but the marathon continues, as the, the young kids say. Now you got to keep pushing forward and making things happen, and you can't let draft night be the highlight of your career because so many things happen. Like look at look at Fred Van Vliet, right? The, yeah, the that, guy that's is, great is point. a natural natural born winner, right? Wichita State took them to New Heights, Final Four as a freshman. You know, what I mean, counted out, undrafted, signs a two-year deal, plays well. You know, gets gets that eighteen million over two years, and this year was kind of really the X factor. Am I am I wrong? No, absolutely. You're, no, you're you know, not. You're not wrong at all. He, that's exactly how it went. And you also look at that team, and it's just a bunch of gritty veterans too. Like I, I think that that's another thing that that I get interested in in the draft. Like, I understand wanting to get a guy like Talon who you think you can mold into some superstar. But, man, like, a guy like uh, Mariel Shayok, in my opinion, could could help somebody, you know, in a couple years. Oh, yeah. Talon probably needs three, four years in the league of development before he's going to be at that spot. I, I, just, I don't know. I, I think that Toronto showed us that this year. Yeah, no, it, uh, 
you, you're always looking for those diamonds in the rough, right? And uh, guys that can contribute right away are guys that are going to be projects that are going to end up being real good. Um, and like you said about Mario, also Nick Babb, too. I yeah. mean, that's a 6'5 point guard with size, athleticism. Um, I'm really excited for him. Uh, Mario also, just because his ability to shoot the ball, his length, uh, the ability to play defense. All these guys are going to find a home, trust me. And I think at the end of the day, you need to be happy with you're going to be able to make money playing a game that was once just something you did for joy. And I don't think you should ever lose your joy when playing that. All right, next week I'm going to talk to you about the Cap City League. I want to run down what it's like to play in that and see how much fans oh, actually Oh, yeah, Cap, Cap City is Cap City. You can't, can't, put too, you can't invest too much uh, thought in that when you're evaluating guys. But it's cool to see you know guys get out there and do their thing. Um, I want to do, get a few fan questions in here. I have a bunch saved, um, and the fans were patient. We were supposed to do a pod last week or so, and uh, couldn't get to it. So I uh, appreciate their patience and, and, yeah. and waiting on us. All right, a uh, guy named Horace Grant on the forums. Great username. Who was, is mm-hmm. your favorite player to talk trash to on the court when you were at Iowa State or in the NBA? Who was my favorite player to talk trash to? It's got to be a Kansas player because you played him so much, doesn't it? Perry Ellis? Oh, yeah. It would either have to be uh, uh, Perry Ellis or um, who else would it be? What about a Hawk? Oh, I love talking trash to Aaron White. (laughs) And, and, uh, Oh, yeah, that was always fun. And then I finally got to meet him out at Le- LeBron camp, but that was always a, that was always fun. Okay. Just, uh, so so those two, Perry Ellis and Aaron White. Okay, this is from um, Gene Valet. In your opinion, who is Iowa State's biggest rival that's not Kansas or Iowa? Uh, I mean, the terrain has changed so much. Like when I was in school, Texas Tech wasn't, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I I, I want to say football and basketball, could it be Kansas State? Uh, you know, I kind of uh, feel like there's been a lot of I, – I feel like there's a bit of a budding rivalry with West Virginia at times. Yes, you know what? Because they're kind of yes. No, I I do feel that. I do I do feel that for sure, especially with football and uh, basketball. Funny thing, after game one, we played uh, Houston, and uh, I'm sitting down at the bar, uh, just relaxing, grabbing some food after the game, and know who walks in? <laughs> Is it uh, Dana? Who's the old West Virginia Holgerson? coach? Yes, Holgie. He was down there living it up. Oh. It was I kind of feel like every Big 12 team doesn't like Baylor, too, these days, with the whole sexual yeah. assault thing. Yeah, you got to uh, – yeah, everybody feels that, uh, you know, they were cheating or whatever had gone on with that or, or have terrible morals. I like Scott and, Drew, uh, though. Yeah, Scott Drew is a great guy. Scott Drew is a, is a great guy. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to speak on what happened down at Baylor. I mean, I, I don't know enough on the topic. No, it's fine. 
It's fair. I'm just saying. I don't. I think a lot of fans don't don't really care for Baylor. And a uh, did you the, in the football game this year? There was a fight. The Iowa oh, State that's Baylor. Right. There yeah. was. That was kind of cheap. Or David Montgomery. David Montgomery wasn't that? Yeah, he got kicked out. Or, yeah, we, we had a guy get you kicked know, out. I don't remember exactly who it was, but I remember it was. Uh, there was a lot of. Um, it was pretty hairy after the game. And my feeling is yeah. that it will probably carry over to next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of next year, Iowa State football is going to win 10 games. Whoa. Wow. 10 games, huh? I feel like it's a team that can go 6-6 six and six or 10-2. and two. Like, I could see it going either way. Yeah, well, you know, I just think the confidence that Matt Campbell has these guys playing with, and I think the guys that are stepping into these skilled positions that, you know, we lost from last year are – just super excited to get their opportunity and prove why they belong. And uh, they've kind of been like nurtured and, you know what I mean, trained to be ready for these moments. And this year is going to be a heck of a year. I don't think people really understand how good Matt Campbell is. Like to really take in the project that he took in, like think about where our football program was. Yeah. And he took that in, embraced it, got rid of the bad apples, cleaned house, which is not easy because, you know, you want to come in, you want to have, like, sympathy for some of these kids. Like, maybe they're going through it. No, he was like, you're going to do things my way. If you don't, one mistake, you're gone. You know, and kind of lived his life by that. And I think it's so helpful for these kids. It will help them beyond Iowa State. But it just prepares them for the game, for anything that they're going on in life or that, you need to have your ducks in a row if you want to be successful. And if he's not showing them that by what he's done, I mean, you you got to be blind. It, this is amazing what he's done. It, it, it's, it's really remarkable, and I can't wait for him to uh, do his thing again next year. I hope you're right with the 10 and 2. That would be. I'm calling it. I think. I'm calling the, it. You know what? The, the biggest thing I can say about that whole thing is just you, you lose Montgomery and Butler. And the expectations are still higher the next year, which is really incredible, considering the circumstances. Right. And yeah, that's losing two studs like that. Yeah, and then everybody's expecting more the next year. All right, man. Right. Um, so, wh- how long are you up in Ames? Are you there next week too? No, no, I won't be. Uh, I won't be up in Ames next week. All right, but, so uh, we'll figure out a time to chat next week. We'll. Redo the draft. I want to hear at some point about your broadcast camp because I know that you're really getting into that stuff. Um, there'll be a lot of topics. I want to get. I want to pick your brain on some of these young Cyclones too, who I think um, could kind of be the next era of Iowa State basketball. So we'll we'll do all that coming up next week. Sound good? That uh, that sounds good to me. That do you play? Really do you play in summer league this year? I will not be playing in summer league, okay. but I'll be out there. You'll be out in Vegas? Can't turn turn down Vegas. Man, Vegas is going to be hopping this year with Ots out there. Uh, Naz is playing Summer League, I think. His brother's out there. You're going to be out there. I feel like I should do a couple days. Yes, you should. You should tell the wife, listen, listen, babe, hold it down for a little bit. I'm going to be gone. We're making it happen. So, Otzelberger's office, I was out there last week, you know? Yes. Hasn't even been touched. Like it's just boxes everywhere. I actually That's was. DJ for you. Yeah, I was sitting in his desk, acting like the head coach there for a while. It was a good time. <laughs> did you take pictures or it didn't happen? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that to the man. All right, brother. Um, enjoy. Right. 
Enjoy your time in Ames, and we will catch up wherever you are next week. All right, yeah, sounds good.